Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Is It Worth It? Cinema at Home. Presented by Ranji Namra. Hello and welcome to our bi-weekly special, Is It Worth It? Cinema at Home. I'm your host, Ranjit Nanra, and I'm of course joined by your regular presenters, Craig Fields and David Long. Gentlemen, hello. Hello. Good boo. <laughs> it's very good to be in this very relaxed environment, right, away very from the relaxed. regular show. From my deck chair, slippers, pipe. Uh, I can actually imagine you with a pipe. I, I, Maybe I, slippers I, as well. Mm. So I'd just like to thank you guys for letting me have my own section on the podcast. You're very welcome. Um, Cinema at Home is something that is, you know, becoming bigger and bigger now mm. with uh, all the streaming services that are out there. Absolutely. So it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, what they come up with. There's a lot of competitors. Disney are bringing their own service. Apple's now bringing their own service. Mm. So Netflix, you know, were once the king of streaming services, are going to have to, you know, pull the finger out and see, you know, where they're going to go. It's no longer Netflix and chill. It's now Apple and chill, Disney yeah, and it really chill. Is, yeah. Well, Disney Plus and chill, yeah. I mean, definitely one for for those who love Disney films. Mm. They're going to have everything on there from yeah. MCU films to... Star Wars to Disney's just animated. taking over the world, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll all be owned by Disney soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so this is basically just the first of many shows I'm hoping to bring you guys. Uh, with the aim of bringing out an episode once every fortnight. Today's show is action-packed and is a great way to start the series. That's really great stuff, Ranji. Um, I'm really looking forward to what you have uh, got planned for us to, to review, I suppose. What have you got, actually? So I'm mainly going to be looking at Netflix and Amazon Prime this week. Um, but going forward, we'll end up looking further afield with the latest releases on Now TV, Mubi, and eventually Apple TV+, and Disney+, Plus when they are available. And of course, we can't forget the original cinema at home experience which is physical discs oh, that's cool. DVD yeah. DVD DVD <laughs> Blu-rays we, we Betamax VHS yeah. v- VHS <laughs> good lord oh, Betamax do you know what that is I have no idea I have no clue what that is really yeah. well, it was the original sort of version of VHS it was like DVD did it come in a briefcase like HD DVD versus Blu-ray yeah it was Betamax ah, versus VHS right, okay. and obviously VHS won um, Betamax obviously didn't because you don't even know what it is yep. I don't yeah. yeah. So, so um, I was looking at Netflix's uh, releases and there hasn't been a lot of original films on there this week. Um, there's been a lot of new TV shows and stuff, but we're going to focus on films. And I've noticed that they've added Blade Runner 2049, Kingsman 2, Reservoir Dogs, Hateful Eight and Ex Machina. That's a, that's a lot of really good films there, actually. Is, Maybe yeah. one of those I'm not so keen on. Which one would you like to kick off first with? I'd like to start with my favourite on the list, uh, which is Blade Runner 2049. Mm. Uh, this came out in 2017, I believe in July, and it was my favourite film of that year. Um, it is, I still think it is absolutely incredible. It is beautifully shot by Roger Deakins, yeah. um, which he finally won his uh, Oscar for. I believe he was nominated about... 17 times before that really so yeah so he finally, finally got his oscar for blade Runner 2049 i think is well deserved mm. um of course directed by denny villeneuve who is on a great streak at the moment he has dune cup upcoming i think next year possibly um 
and he has directed Prisoners, he directed Arrival, um, which two great films as well. Yeah, I've really liked Arrival, actually. Yeah, yeah, same. He's an incredible director. Um, and I think he's one of those directors at the moment who, you know, can he can bring a lot of people into the cinema. It's like, I feel like it's him, Christopher Nolan, um, you know, those those sort of directors are really, really strong names at the moment and there aren't a lot left. Um, so, yeah, so... Bade 1 on 2049, uh, what are your thoughts on it? What did you, how did you feel? I remember going to see this in the cinema, and we saw that together, didn't it? I didn't think we? it's the first film we ever saw together. No, the first film we ever saw together was Four Ragnarok. I disagree. <laughs> I totally disagree. We've had this conversation we so have. many times. No, it was definitely Blade Runner no, 2049. it definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't. I mean, if you look at the release dates, Four Ragnarok came up before Blade Runner. Did it? Yeah, it yes. did. It was start of the year. Oh, drat. Yeah. I've been proven wrong again. Exactly. <laughs> but nonetheless, it was... Our um, second film we saw together. That second for film. many right, many then. years, um, it was a great. It was really really wonderfully shot, and the best place to see it was in the cinema. Yeah, so absolutely. Seeing this at home, how would you would you rate it as being? A, how would you watch this at home? I mean, it would have to be Blu-ray. Yeah. So I've got it on 4K Blu-ray, and I watch it. I watched it at home with my sound system on the TV, and it was incredible. It, it does obviously it doesn't uh, beat the the experience you'd get at a cinema. But I would say it's definitely worth the watch. It's mm. it is a long film and it feels very long. It is very slow, but you get the chance to sort of soak in the atmosphere of the world. You really do feel like you're in this neo noir Los Angeles of 2049. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's very. I remember taking it. Uh, I watched it in the cinema with my girlfriend and some friends, and I was the only one who enjoyed it in the cinema. They they, <laughs> really? they really did not like it, and it's not a film for everyone. I think. If you're into very hard science fiction, you'll love it. Um, But you need to, you can't look at your phone, you can't look at Facebook and stuff like that. You need to just focus on this film and really take it all in. Which is obviously, it's very hard when you're watching that in a a home environment. Yeah. It's it's frowned upon in a cinema environment. But at home, you can get away with obviously looking at your phone unless you are disciplined... a disciplined individual such as myself perhaps not you David absolutely not I think <laughs> I think this isn't like a, a Netflix and chill you know flick the popcorn into your mouth uh, no, order a pizza you, you need know, to plan are, your day yeah, around this film there, there yeah. are some films that you can sort of zone out for a few minutes you can even walk away maybe even answer a phone call this is the kind of film where because the the, the, the pace it moves at it's like, it's like a sponge yeah. you just absorb it yeah. slowly you need to sit there no phones no iPads no technology just you and your screen you know like you said you know hd yeah. blu-ray maybe a bit of surround sound i mean i remember seeing this in the cinema and going in having watched the how many cuts of there are the original blade runner too many yeah there's loads, there's, yeah. there's the four i believe maybe more i remember watching them all with my dad when i was about 15 he was like no no now you're old enough for Blade Runner and we will watch all four of them in a day and I was like okay fair enough here we go and I'm not quite sure what's going on that but... is the worst impression of your father you've ever <laughs> oh, done sit down there and watch Blade Runner with me David for goodness sake oh, it doesn't sound too bad well, there's four versions of it oh bloody hell you know but I remember watching the original Blade Runner and just being sort of blown away by its futuristic nature. And I remember sitting down with Craig watching Blade Runner 2049 and just thinking, wow, this is great. Visually stunning. And I adore the soundtrack. Yeah, Hans Zimmer's score is incredible. The soundtrack on this is 
I mean, just just the soundtrack alone transports yeah. you into a, into a different planet and well, into a different era. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I'm really glad you brought it up on this show because I didn't know it was on Netflix. So it's brilliant to see that it is on Netflix. And if you obviously if you haven't seen it, we would thoroughly recommend doing so on on Netflix. Yeah. What's next? So next, uh, I'm going to talk about Kingsman 2, The Secret Service. Uh, and I want to mention this because I would say don't watch it. <laughs> just <laughs> avoid it. Just ignore it on Netflix because it's not worth your time. I remember sitting in a cinema, I was really excited to watch it because I loved Kingsman 1. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Matthew Vaughan as a director and Taron Edgerton. But this film, I feel like it was just too ambitious. Uh, it just missed completely what made the first film so great and a lot of films do that yeah they do miss the point what, what made them great and i yeah. think if you listen to the main show and we, you listen to our review of it it mm. too it's chapter two really does do exactly the same thing there and it's yeah. not quite as bad as this but it really does miss the point of what made the first one great and it was that character development yeah um it really misses that and you skip over a good 27 years of character development to get these new characters who are the same people that you knew from the first one, but they're not. They're completely yeah. different. And you can't grow to love them or understand yeah, them no, exactly. because they neglect that. And with this, with Kingsman 2, it's similar in, 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 that, in that sense because they do introduce new characters. They've got rid of a character. And then some of this crazy stuff is going on. And it's yeah. just not the same as what it was before. It really isn't. Like I think the, the death of, I can't remember the character's name, but Colin Firth's uh, character in yes. Kingsman 1 was so impactful to the character of uh, Exy and then they decide to bring him back for Kingsman 2 it's, it's not a spoiler it's in the trailer but they decide to bring him back for Kingsman 2 now, I think that completely ruins Exy's character and that, that was a decision that a decision that they should not have done mm. um, and also it's just too cartoony for me it is it's, what's the end the end of the first film kind of ruined the first one for me yeah I'd, yeah almost it, yeah it really did visually it's amazing, yeah, but it's not what the film was, if you know what I mean. It was building up to being a very gritty film, and then all of a sudden this strange moment happens of ex- strange explosions. I don't know, David, if, if you've seen the first Kingsman. I have not. Okay, so I, I suppose it's not a spoiler no, because yeah, it's been out for yeah. many years. So at the end of the film, there is this head explosions. Everyone's head explodes. Yeah. They, I can't remember why. Is it some sort of chip yeah, is embedded? Chip. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. chip is embedded well, in now it. now you've ruined it for me. <laughs> well, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't care because... <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah, yeah, thanks. But when their heads explode, <laughs> it's done in such a way that it can get away with being the age rating that it is. It's yeah. not like a gory head yeah, explosion. it's all it's, multicoloured explosions and it almost looks like a puff of smoke sometimes isn't it it's, yeah it's strange it's a strange choice but this film is that times a thousand yeah kingsman 2 it's, it's too cartoonish for me there's robot dogs and elton john and it is julianne well, i Moore love was... elton john but weirdly placed in this film yeah the Elton John, yeah. the Sir the Elton, Elton John. John yeah. Wow! But this is where he met Taron Egerton and for Rocket Man, from Rocket yeah. to yeah. play oh, Rocket really? Man. Yes, yeah. so, so oh, they wow. became friends from doing. So there this. is something good has come from <laughs> this. Oh, absolutely! The film, absolutely. Yeah. But we wouldn't recommend that you watch it at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will say definitely skip it. It's not worth your time. Um, mm. But yeah, so next up, I'd like to talk about uh, Reservoir Dogs and Hateful Eight. So Quentin Tarantino obviously has Once Upon a Time in Hollywood out right now, and. Uh, there's a lot of Oscar buzz around that. But personally, my favourite Tarantino film is still Reservoir Dogs. I absolutely adore that film. I think it's one of the best uh, debut films of all time. Um, the moment it starts, you just get that 
you get the signature Tarantino sort of dialogue, you know, with the quick uh, references and everything when they're all sitting down in the, in the diner. Yeah. Um, the the quick uh, speeches. I think it's a really, it was, you know, really did put him on the map. Um, and uh, yeah, just an absolutely incredible film. You're on your edge of your seat the whole way through. You don't know who's a cop and who isn't, and then it's just brilliant. Uh, it's, I think it's 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 really gory, but. I really do enjoy those. And that's what you've you've come to expect from a Tarantino film. It's the gore. Yeah. If we compare it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you don't get that for a long time. Slow burner. It's very, very slow. Beautifully shot. Beautifully shot. Reservoir Dogs is is much is Tarantino finding himself almost yeah, finding his you do see and laying his style out for yeah, the world exactly. to see and yeah. unashamedly laying his style out yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think for that reason, it is definitely worth a watch at home because if absolutely. you if you've caught some of his mm. later stuff and you haven't maybe seen his earlier stuff, but I don't if I don't know who you are if you haven't seen Reservoir Dogs. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think most people who is a fan of Tarantino would have seen it. But if you're mm. you're not a fan or you haven't seen this film, it's definitely worth a watch. But in combination with that you do have the hateful eight on here yeah so i've combined them together because i think hateful eight is possibly one of his worst um i really did not enjoy the hateful eight i think it was just too slow for me it's just i couldn't get engaged with any of the Mm. the the characters um for me it was just too much of a slow burn um and yeah like i said I, i couldn't i couldn't relate to anyone i didn't find anyone interesting for me i think it was a big misstep from tarantino it's interesting that you say that because critically you are on the right path in terms of what people have said about this film. However, I think David and I actually both really, yeah. really enjoyed this movie. Mm. Um, I remember watching it uh, for the first time. It wasn't in the cinema. It was actually at home. Yeah, yeah. I watched this at home as well. And yeah. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I was hooked. And I don't know why I was hooked because it was as you say a slow burner yeah. and it really did take yeah. its time to get into it but there was something very very unique and interesting about mm. the characters all in that one room together yeah I don't know I, I thought it. there was a great blend of of humour and slow burning action and then obviously you have that violence the yeah. Tarantino-esque yeah, violence yeah. as well I really enjoyed this film like, I know it's very very long and I, I could sense that it was long when I was watching it I was thinking I'm I'm enjoying this, but this is long. You know when you watch a film, yeah. and even if you're... In, it's like Titanic, my yeah. favourite film of all time. I love watching that, but I'm still very aware that it is a really bloody long film, yeah. even though I'm enjoying it all the time. With The Hateful Eight, I got to really know and like the characters, and what I liked about it was the fact that he took all of these interesting characters, put them in a room, and I knew that shit was going to hit the fan, basically, that something was going to go beep. off. Yeah, we, we, you don't need to put the beep in now, do you? You put the... After the... Um, but yeah no I I really enjoyed it when I saw it on the list I was like yes Rans loves it you know it's it's on there Hateful Eight Reservoir Dogs we're tipping up we're saying get involved tonight have a double bill but no for you not not worth it no no yeah I would say it's not worth it Um, I will throw a little bit of information in there as well because wasn't uh, Tarantino's long term editor uh, partnership um, didn't didn't they didn't he die or she die I can't remember um, and sure. a, a new editor was brought on board so right. it was a very different person editing this so it might be might have been that that style that you're so yeah. used to from Possibly, seeing yeah, from Tarantino yeah. Yeah. had changed yeah. dramatically because somebody else is now changing that in, uh, vision that yeah. Tarantino has and making it their own ever so slightly it could be that yeah it could be yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that's for me, that's not a recommendation, but 
for, uh, you guys, you both think it's worth it to watch it. Mm. So, and then lastly for the Netflix new releases, I'd like to mention Ex Machina. Um, so this stars uh, Alicia Vikander, Donald Gleeson and Oscar Isaac and directed by Alex Garland. And I absolutely adore this film. I think it's, it's really, really interesting. It's, um, it's, it's slow again, but... Like, like, just like Blade Runner, you you are absolutely soaking in this world and this this strange, there's something really strange going on with this uh, Oscar Isaac's character. And Donald Gleeson learns that he has to figure out the capabilities of an AI that Oscar Isaac's character has created, played by Alicia Vikander. Um, well, how did you guys feel about Ex Machina when it came out? I haven't seen it for a while. Yeah, but when I when I did see it for the first time, I was blown away by it. Yeah. I thought it was really, really well done. Firstly, visually, uh, some of the stuff that you see uh, happened to Alicia Vikander's character in terms of the roboticness mm-hmm. of her is so well done. And it's, I think it, if I'm, I'm right in saying that this was quite a low budget film, actually, it wasn't a huge budget film. Um, and when it came out, it was kind of groundbreaking in that sense, because it really did break the mold in terms of creating a low budget, visually appealing story that really went in depth into what AI could really be about. And I think critically it did very, very well. Mm. Um, I'm not sure about audience though, but yeah, I think it did very, very well in, in, in that sort of respect. I, I haven't actually seen this. It's on my to, to, to watch list, which is growing longer and longer. Uh, it gets a great score on Rotten Tomatoes, 92% from the critics, which is very, very high indeed. And it also gets a very high audience score, Craig, with 86% of the okay. critics. So um, if Ranjit's you know, saying it's worth watching, it's yeah. something that's definitely going to go think, on my... Again, it's one of those films where you need to, you need to focus on it. Mm. Um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, which you need to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely, I recommend it watching it. Mm. You're going to watch it then, David? I am. I'm also, I've just decided, I was sitting here listening to that. I'm going to watch Reservoir Dogs tonight. I haven't seen that film in many, many years. It's not actually that long, Tarantino's directorial debut. Maybe a bit of Reservoir Dogs and then ease into Ex Machina. I think maybe, yeah, have a bath. Epsom Where's salts. this going? <laughs> <laughs> Reservoir dogs on How there. How do you know I like Epsom salts? <laughs> they do work very well. You, hang on, if you're going to talk about Epsom salts, this is the man that's played one game of charity football. We mentioned it on the main podcast and is literally walking around like an old man, his ankles injured. You know what? We haven't mentioned it on the main podcast. <laughs> we did. We did. did. We? You said, I said, How are you, Craig? And you said, Yeah, I'm playing this charity football match. Oh, yeah, we mentioned that I was going to do it. But yeah. We haven't mentioned what happened. Which is the fact that you're now literally the walking wounded. Yeah. Yeah, I, where's I, my toe? That's what crazy. <laughs> like, where's li- my ankle? Where's his ankle? He's literally the walking wounded. But anyway, before we diverge, uh, Ex Machina sounds like it's very much worth watching and it will be added to my watch list on Netflix. Great. So that was the last of the Netflix releases. Uh, I'm going to move on to Amazon Prime now. Mm-hmm. And again, Amazon Prime haven't produced any original films for a while. Um, so I had a look on their list and they've added Dunkirk on there, Ocean's Eleven and Green Book. So, starting with Dunkirk, this is Christopher Nolan's war epic, um, and is absolutely brilliant. That's a bit of an understatement, war epic. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. It really is yeah. an epic, epic from, war film. And the, from the moment it starts as well, because uh, you just, you're just thrown into this war, mm. and then these really loud gunshots just behind you, and it's just, mm. it's incredible. It really does, from the moment it starts, you are thrown into the war, and it is one of the most tense films I've ever seen. Um and there's not really a main character to follow. There's no real big leads in this film. 
Uh, I think that's. I think Nolan did that intentionally because just of to represent how many sort of young men had to go mm. to this war um, and lost their lives, sadly. Uh, but again, it's Christopher Nolan, so you're going to get an incredible Hans Zimmer score mm. um, throughout the whole film, and it is beautifully shot as well. Um, Tom Hardy's in the film. He plays a, a pilot. Uh, and again, yeah, it's just, I saw it in IMAX, and it was one of the films that just has to be seen in IMAX. So if you're watching this at home, I would say watch it if you have good speakers and a good TV um, and really sort of immerse yourself into this mm. into this war. Um, but, uh, and, again, and surprisingly a good um, performance from Harry Styles as well, which was surprising. But um, yeah, I would say this film is definitely worth it. Yeah, I remember uh, reading an article that, you know, Harry Styles is going to be in yeah. this film. And that really got a lot of publicity uh, and raised the profile of Dunkirk mm. to an audience Massively. of people that may not necessarily go and see it. Mm. They went and saw it because Harry Styles was going yeah. to be in it. It might not be their cup of tea, but they went and saw it because yeah. Harry Styles was in it that did, film. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really, really loved this film. As you said, it had to be seen in IMAX when mm-hmm. it came out. This was shot in IMAX uh, yeah. format, and therefore when you see it in an IMAX screen, you actually are seeing about 20% more of the image because yeah. IMAX is a much bigger format than your ordinary 35 millimeter in terms of aspect ratio and as i well. believe they made new imax cameras as well to sort of sit with tom hardy in the pilot's yeah. uh, cockpits and they everything. did they had to make it somewhat kind of smaller to yeah. be able to fit in there because it's such a close quarter i think they actually redesigned some lenses as well to be able to capture that yeah that and it really, wide angle. Yeah, it really shows it's, it mm. is a gorgeous looking film definitely yeah i was really impressed with this i remember i went to see this with my mum dad and brother we all mm. actually went to see it in imax in hemel hempstead and um, when it came out it came out i think on or just before my birthday so it was around august must have been 2017 maybe august 2017 i thought this film was the first time i saw it i was blown away and slightly disappointed at the same time but the reason i was slightly disappointed was i hadn't quite clocked on to how brilliantly well christopher nolan had broken our three different time periods down a day um sorry an hour a week and a day um, of the three time periods, and I hadn't quite clocked on to that. When I watched it for a second time, I remember th- in the cinema thinking, wow, that is sensational, the way all these different stories interlink. I actually went out and brought it on DVD. I very rarely buy stuff on DVD anymore, but this is something that I did buy on DVD, and I have watched it at home. And yes, I think the guys are right. If you, know, if you can or have seen it in IMAX, that is the best way to see it. But I still think at home, uh, and even, even on a small screen, I think that visually it's so yeah. stunning, the way the pace is built. Tom Hardy, I think, gives a great performance mm-hmm. for a man that you barely don't you don't really see much of his face because it's behind that pilot's mask just with his eyes and very limited dialogue he does have he gives a really really brilliant performance a very moving film a very powerful film and one that i would also thoroughly thoroughly recommend seeing mm, and it also has one of my favorite actors in it so kenneth branagh yeah. oh isn't yeah. branagh great where he just stands <laughs> on the end of that pier giving yeah. almost shakespearean monologues and just looking very um oh stoic yeah, and yes. very in yeah. control and levelled and just a measured character perfectly cast every, every time I see him I just think of Hamlet yeah he's he, to be no, or not yeah, to be yeah, yeah. he's one of the greats he's yeah one of the Branner is greats. superb in yeah. this film um, I'm really pleased that's on Amazon Prime and definitely like all three of us are in agreement if you haven't seen Dunkirk it's available to stream now yeah it's a great film go and check it out great so, moving on, uh, I'm going to talk about quite an old film, Ocean's Eleven. Uh, mm. It's a film I haven't seen in a while, uh, but I remember watching it, and I, again, I absolutely loved this film. It stars George Clooney, Brad Pitt, um, 
Matt Damon, Julie Roberts, and Andy Garcia. Directed by Steven Soderbergh, it's a really fun watch. So it's one of those films where you can just sort of sit back and relax and enjoy the film. Um, it's not too demanding on you. It's, it's just really fun to watch. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's a heist film, so you've got this crew who are trying to rob a casino. And mm. it is... Sounds like my kind of film. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it, I love it. And the, the, the thought of robbing a casino just makes me <laughs> so happy. Yeah. Does it? Yeah, because I hate casinos because they are designed... They are literally legal ways of stealing from people. Yeah, you, you're right, actually. Yeah, you, you're right. The, the, so you feel like that you, you deserve to steal back. Absolutely, yeah. Robin because Hood. The, what David Hood. People forget <laughs> that game... Games like roulette, blackjack, slots are fixed odds. They are designed statistically. They will not lose. They cannot lose. Yeah. It is basically robbery. Yeah, no, you're right. I'll give you that one. So, yeah, good. One. Rob the casinos. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. I'm not encouraging theft. I just want to clarify that. But no, um, I haven't seen this film in a number of years. It's a real fast-paced, action-packed, yeah. witty, Really stylish, really well-edited Um you know, it's exactly what you expect from mm. Steven Soderbergh. He's yeah. a really good director when it comes to this sort of slick, slick, stylish film. And it gets very solid scores on Rotten Tomatoes, 82% from the critics and 80% from the audience. You know, that's that's absolutely on point. That's a very fresh rating. Um, and it's, you know, it's a well-seasoned serving of popcorn entertainment. Very different to other things that we've we've recommended in the sense that it's not like a um, Blade Runner 2049 yeah, yeah. where you really need to focus. Yeah. This is get your popcorn, get your sweets, sit yeah, there, put exactly. your feet up and just enjoy it. Yeah. And enjoy seeing those casino bosses lose all their money. Yeah. And maybe on not them. go on your phone that you if, if you do get a text message, you can respond because you don't was, really yeah, need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those yeah, films can, that yeah. you can watch with the missus or with yeah. mates or with your partner, whoever it might be, and just relax after a long, stressful day of working on a podcast with Craig, and you just want to, <laughs> <laughs> you just want to switch off and enjoy an evening. Ocean, I'm joking, obviously. It's the, other, it's, the, it's the other way round. I just, your little face smiling over there. But Ocean's 11, and then obviously you've got Ocean's 12, and obviously the new Ocean's 13, which was the all female cast. That was um, Ocean's 8. Ocean's 13. Ocean. Ocean's 13 was a sequel to 12, so it still ah, had the same cast. So, so was it 11, 12, and 13? Yeah, and then they and came then out back, with Ocean's 8. And then back to yeah. Ocean's 8. So again, that's about the third time on this podcast I've got something <laughs> wrong. But no, yeah. Um, Ocean's Eleven, yeah, the original w- brilliant film. I would say Ocean's Twelve probably isn't worth it. Um, Ocean's Thirteen, if you got some time, give it a go. But it's not, it's not that, mm. it's not that good. Um, but yeah, Ocean's Eleven definitely worth it to watch at home. And then your final film for this episode, it's a big one. Yeah, mm. it's a big one. It's last year's Best Picture winner. It's Green Book, which is now mm. on Amazon Prime. Wow. Um, I have very mixed feelings on Green Book. Uh, I didn't really think it deserved Best Picture when it was uh, awarded the award. Mm. Um, again, I th- you know, it, back then it was a big debate between Roma and Green Book, and the, I, I believe Green Book won because it was a film that was made for cinema, and there was, a, you know, Roma was made for Netflix, so a lot of Academy voters rallied behind Green Book, and it, it eventually got the win, but. I personally believe, don't believe it should have been deserved the win. I do think the film has some really good performances mm. from Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's a film that was told from the perspective of Viggo Mortensen when it shouldn't have been told from his perspective. It really should have point. focused on Mahershala Ali's perspective and his struggle mm. uh, growing up in that part of America and that time of America especially. Yeah. Um, I, there was some uh, controversy regarding uh, Peter Farley's um, way he sort of went around doing this film yeah. and 
you know, not really taking on board some of the the feedback from the families of those that actually um, were. Yeah, he didn't he didn't consult um, Hershey Ali's family at all, and you know, it, it, it was strange for me. I just felt like I was watching this film from the wrong viewpoint, mm. um, and yeah, that, that, that's personally why I don't think it, it should have been it should have been given Best Picture. No. But, but nonetheless, though, it, it was. It was a really good watch. Yes, that's that's what I mean. I think it still is worth it to watch. Mm. Yeah, We're, we saw this as an unlimited screening. Didn't we, we did, yeah, yeah. we did. Um, I was actually slightly. It was a secret screening, so we didn't know yeah. what it was. Yeah, and I was actually slightly late in, so I, I remember I had barely, I hadn't even seen a trailer for it. So I was sat there thinking, "What the hell is this?" Um, and then I suddenly realised, I thought, oh, bloody hell, hang on a minute, it's Green Book. And Green Book is a film, like I said, in last year's Oscars race, it wasn't really spoken about, no. but there was a few very savvy predictionists, critic, film critics that had mentioned this film called Green Book. And once I saw it, I thought, ah, yes, I can see why this is in, in going to be in the running for Best Picture, because it's that kind of feel-good, uplifting, very relevant, you know, we're talking about stuff that was happening many, many years ago, racism in the South that is yeah. still incredibly prevalent today. Vigo Mortensen as Tony Lip is is really good, very refreshing, but it's Mahershala Ali as Dr. Don Shirley. He really does steal the show. He obviously won Best Supporting Actor uh, at the uh, last year's Oscars, and rightly so. It's... I mean, I'm I'm disappointed it won Best Picture um, because I, I I don't think it should have won. I think A Star Is Born should have won. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, I thought that was better in terms of the way it handled its source. I say source material, the way it handled its its material, the way it portrayed the story, the way the story unfolded. Um, but nonetheless, Green Book. You know, you're talking about a film that won last year's Best Picture is now available to stream on Amazon Prime. For me, for Mahershala Ali's performance and Viggo Mortensen's performances alone, it's well worth streaming. And it's the kind of film, actually, that you don't need to see on the big screen. This is the kind of film that you can watch at home. And again, is it a film that you need to be fully emerged in? Yes and no. You can drift out of it a little bit because the pace is a little bit up and down. So it's, it's a relaxing and uplifting film and one that I would recommend watching. Yeah, I, I I really agree with that. I I loved it, and um, I I haven't watched it for a while, so I actually I think I'm overdue a rewatch yeah. pretty mm-hmm. soon. So yeah, thank you for letting us know what uh, films are out on streaming services this week. Um, and as you've said in the introduction, there's going to be a number of different films that we're going to be looking at, and it's going to be across a board of different streaming services yep. to physical um, DVDs as well as uh, Blu-rays and uh, even iTunes as well because I think they get things a little bit early sometimes. Mm. You get early releases. Yeah, I think that... a lot of studios are now doing digital releases before the physical releases. Um, you know, so, yeah, so I'll be, I'll, keep an eye, I'll be keeping an eye on Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus and everything and I'll be looking forward to bringing that to you guys. Lovely. Thank you very much, Ranjit. And uh, we'll be back not next week, but the week after uh, with a uh, another episode of the Cinema at Home segment. I'll get that right because I keep saying Cinema Review Show, which it is not. <laughs> it is not. But however, you have been on that with me, haven't yep. you? What do, what do we review again? Oh, Godzilla, X-Men. Yeah, it was quite a God, few, wasn't it? It was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah. yeah. That was the main one. Yeah. It was a good episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Lovely. Yeah. I can't wait to watch that at home, actually. <laughs> <laughs> What a great way to end. Well, you'll have to let us know when that comes out on streaming services. Cool. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Is It Worth It? Cinema at Home. 
As always, we love it for you to get in contact with us, and you can do so via various different methods. Craig, what's the email address? So the email address is mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. That email address again, because it is quite long, is mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. David, how else can they reach us? They can also reach us on Twitter, and to do so, they want to look up at Film Is Worth It. That's at Film Is Worth It. Or you can find us on Facebook. If you are a Barockiosaurus like me and are still on Facebook, just type in, is it worth it, the film review podcast? Instagram is also available. Just put in the handle at is it worth it podcast. Thanks again for listening to Is It Worth It Cinema at Home. I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with more Cinema at Home content.